Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 207, which we are recording on Wednesday, December 4th, 2019. And I cannot believe it is December. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And I'm still in shock. Every time I type <laughs> December, I just stop and pause and think, how can it be the almost the last month of the year yeah. already? It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Crazy, crazy. So what are you wearing? I had to look up on Ravelry and really search to figure out what this sweater is. <laughs> and I didn't recognize it either. Because I could not remember. I knit this sweater back in 2013. After my search through Ravelry, I figured that it is my Walpole sweater. Walpole is a design by Hannah Fettig and... I knit mine in a alpaca wool. I think it's an alpaca wool blend because it's a little bit fuzzy and I can see some alpaca fuzz on it. And it's very warm when I put it on immediately. I knew it was a good sweater to wear today because I don't have the heater on in the house today and it's a little chilly and it's raining and even though it is not super cold it's nice to feel cozy yes. inside when it's raining <laughs> absolutely and it hasn't been raining all day but we have had quite a bit of rain this week it's been pathetic rain today like that little soft yes. pattery yes. rain you're like come on yes. if you're gonna rain just do just it just do it <laughs> get it over with and come on <laughs> so walpole is a cardigan that is knit with a small shawl collar that's knit on as you go. It has slightly overlapping fronts, which make it cozy, raglan sleeves, and this sweater was knit bottom up. If you look at the pattern, and I did before I spoke about it today, it <laughs> is naughty flapping in the yes. back. <laughs> the cardigan is billed as an oversized raglan cardigan, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with because it's not even the sample on Ravelry is not necessarily what I would call oversized. When I think of oversized, I think of something like the boxy sweaters that are really oversized. This one is definitely a positive ease cardigan, but not super oversized. Well, perhaps in 2013... Oversized was slightly different. That's what I was going to mention. I think that a lot of designs, yes, the description may not necessarily hold true as styles change. So positive ease sweater is how I look at it. It's not necessarily out of style, but I do know that a lot of folks now look at a lot of Hannah Fettig's designs and definitely see them as being from several years ago. Yeah, dated. A little dated, yeah. 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 And this one, I don't think this one is necessarily too dated. It doesn't no. have the long dangly fronts or dangly collars like a lot of mm-hmm. her designs have, which are the ones that tend to look more more dated, I feel. This one is... Just somewhat overlapping. Kind of reminds me of Farallon a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. Similar, but yeah. different. And yeah. that's a bottom-up sweater? 
This one is bottom up. Oof. I was going to mention that. You did mention it already, and I'm in shock because it, to me it looks like an easy top-down raglan, but doing a bottom-up raglan is not as much well, fun. This one has that joining row mm. that is just so awkward and difficult to knit. When you knit a bottom-up raglan, you can knit the sleeves separately. So you get to the joining row and you've got the body and you have two sleeves. So you've got three pieces that you've got to join on one long needle. And it's just so awkward because you knit yeah. the front half stitches or the front one, you knit one part of the front if it's a cardigan then you knit the sleeves and you have to knit all around all the stitches of the sleeve. So you've got that whole sleeve on your needle. Then you knit across the back, then the other sleeve. And it's just There are so... angles on your needle, steep angles on the needle. And yeah. the needle doesn't want to travel nicely. And you have yeah. to push stitches around. And it's very it's so awkward. And, and yeah. it's so ugly. And yeah. I always feel that some of the stitches inevitably get distorted mm -hmm. in a way that I don't like. And although you pretty much can even it out at the end, and once you block it, 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 it does tend to ease itself out. But but I wonder why that particular sweater yeah, would be I bottom up. Know. Because the bottom up raglans I've done usually had a pattern to them. There's a, a reason, yeah. yeah. So, so I am not sure. Interesting. I think some people just prefer to to design that way because oh, it's maybe. what they're familiar with. Yeah. So who knows? But if I were to make it again, I don't know if I could do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would do it again just because that joining row is just so icky. Yeah. <laughs> And this is story. a lot of stitches. So I have a similar story about that that I'll talk about later in the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is Walpole by Hannah Fettig. What are you wearing, Gail? I am wearing my second Clio sweater by Elizabeth Doherty. So the first one that I knit was in a blue yarn from... Now I can't remember who it was from. It wasn't Quinson Company. It was... Oh, never mind. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> but it pilled mightily. And I still wear it a lot and I still love it, but it kind of looks like a Muppet now. So I wanted to knit another one. So I did in Woolmise DK in a colorway called Tutu, which is bright, bright pink. And it makes me so happy. Cleo, for those of you who haven't heard of this sweater, Charlene has knit one. I've now knit two. It is a top-down, very heavily cabled and textured sweater with Elizabeth's drop sleeves and it, I knit the cropped version. She has three different, different lengths. And when she first released it, we went to stitches shortly after that. She had all three lengths with her. Every stitches West, she has a booth where you can try on any of her designs, which is fabulous. And I tried on all three lengths and so did Charlene. And we both agreed that different lengths look better on us. So <laughs> I thought, Everybody agreed, it wasn't just me, that the cropped one looked best on me. So I knit this one cropped as well. It's a super fun knit because you never have a dull moment. Mm -hmm. 
but it did take me a longer time because there's a lot going on in the pattern, but it's not a difficult to knit pattern. It's just, no, you have to just pay attention. It's enjoyable. It's very enjoyable. I had a really good time knitting mine. Yeah. And the ribbing is interesting. It's like a corrugated ribbing instead of a standard ribbing. And her lateral braid is in the collar and maybe somewhere else. I can't remember. And the, the cables that go on the sleeves, they actually start at the top of the sweater and go all the way across the shoulder and then down the sleeves. Lots of really cool design elements to the sweater. And I really am happy to be wearing it. It's my first time wearing it because I finished it when it was still really warm and I've been waiting for it to get cold Yay. enough. And alas, here it is. <laughs> so this is Cleo by Elizabeth Doherty. What have you been stocking? I have been stocking uh, a few things. At least I'm stocking a little bit more than I have been, which is always good. Gail and I were talking about how I have been feeling a little less than inspired to pick a new project. And stocking definitely helps when you're trying to yes. pick a new project. <laughs> so the first thing that I have been stocking is an A-line oversized t-shirt kind of design. It's called Assay, and it's by Valentina Costiani. And it is meant to be worn layered over another piece. So let's see, oversized t-shirt. It has a lace panel down the shoulders, three-quarter sleeves, fairly oversized. Oh, and then it's pictured over a long sleeve t-shirt. And the original is knit in a yak silk blend, which makes it very, very drapey and swingy, which helps because it is slightly A-line, so swing swing coat kind of style. I love that swish. Yes. <laughs> and it's pictured modeled with skinny jeans, and it creates a silhouette, which is one that I actually wear a lot and feels very achievable and wearable to me. It looks good on you. Yeah, thank you. Well, I hope it does because <laughs> it I'm does, comfortable in it. <laughs> So that is Assay by Valentina Costiani. And she is a new designer to me. And so I thought it was interesting to go, of course, as you do, and look at the rest of her body of work. And she is a designer from Italy. And she actually has quite a few things. Let's see. Do they have a number? There's no number here. But when you're on Ravelry, there's four pages of designs in her portfolio. So quite a few designs. And I liked quite a few of her designs, which is always fun when you find a new designer. So when I have a new designer that I'm interested in and I'm looking at her portfolio area on Ravelry. One of the things that I like to do first is sort by most projects. And the reason I do that is to see what a lot of people have knit by the designer. And a lot of times I will find by sorting by most projects, I will find that 
I perhaps have heard of one of the designer's designs or oh, somebody I idea. know has knit it or I've heard of the, the name of a design or something like that. And then after I do that, then I like to sort by most recent so that I can see what they're currently producing if they are currently designing, because sometimes you'll find a design from a designer and then you'll sort by recently published and you'll find out, oh, but they haven't published anything in five or seven years, something like that. But she has been active and the assay design is rather new. I'm not sure how new it is. Let me go. Oh, it is. It's very new. It's from November. So quite, quite new. So another design that I liked by Valentina Cosciani is one called Neverine, and it has positive ease. It's a drop shoulder pullover with what I think is an interesting twisted stitch detail that starts at the shoulders and runs down the sleeves. That was just released recently, right? It wasn't, but I sent it, it was in, to you. Oh, you did. I, I was yes. going to say, why do I know that pattern? Oh, that's so I funny. texted a picture yes, to you because I, I said, oh, this is my today's pattern crush. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's very cute. It's shown pictured in a hand-painted, hand-dyed yarn. So it's kind of speckly, kind of multicolored, which shows that the design will look good in various yarns. I think this this pattern, because of its simplicity, would look fine in either multicolored or speckled yarn, which I generally have in my stash, so that's always good. And so in addition to the, it has the twisted stitch detail that runs down the sleeves, and then the pattern page on Ravelry states that the knitter will start with the twisted rib strip and stitches are picked up along the sides of the strips, which I think is reminiscent of a lot of saddle shoulder construction sweaters. And Gail is pointing to Cleo. So I think that yeah, it's had exactly a similar construction where you started with the strip and then you pick up. So I always like the interesting construction, even though I have done it before. It's always fun to start with something different. Besides the back of the neck. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Did you watch on that pattern page? She has the link to her video of five different ways to wear Yes, it. It I did, actually. It was very cute. I, I like was a little disappointed because it wasn't really five different ways no, to wear the sweater. All. Because when somebody says to me, oh, I can show you five different ways to wear your shawl, for example. I expect to be shown five different ways for example, maybe wearing it to the front or an interesting way to tie it or twist it, but five different variations of a way to wear it. So the designer has little videos that say five different ways to wear the sweater, and it's not really five different ways to wear the sweater. You're wearing the sweater the same way with your arms through the armholes and your head <laughs> through the neck hole that you, in every Every she didn't put her legs through the right, so it, it, it's the sweater is worn the same way in every variation, but she shows it with five different outfits. So you can wear it dressed up 
with a skirt and pumps to go to work. You can wear it dressed down with casual pants or that kind of thing. So she was cute though. Her little dancing. She really was. And her personality personality shone through through, absolutely. And she looks like a fun designer to work with. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I am quite interested in this one. And because this sweater is so basic and looks like something that would work well in my wardrobe, I'm drawn to it. (laughs) And the interesting construction. The last one is called Lichen, which is a top-down stranded colorwork design, but it's totally different than a lot of the real traditional motif-based colorwork sweaters that you see out there. This one is completely abstract, and to my eye, I would describe it as very modern, kind of a modern art version. Yeah, kind of, of pixelated. Yes, pixelated. Very cool, though, with three colors So she uses a dark color for the sweater and then a bright for the intermediate color and then the top around the face, which includes the collar, is a lighter one. Really cute. Knit in fingering white yarn. There aren't many Ravelry projects for this sweater, 25, but all of her patterns seem to have good ratings. They are written in Italian and then translated into English. So that's something to keep in mind. But I haven't noticed, I did look for comments. I haven't noticed that anyone who wrote their comments in English mentioning that the translations were in any way poor or anything like that. It seemed seemed to be fine. So definitely going to be considering something by Valentina Costiani. How about you, Gail? What are you stalking? Well, in the spooky way that you and I tend to do, <laughs> I also found a new-to-me designer. Oh, yay! <laughs> yeah, and what is super unique about her work, and her name is Stephanie Jessica Lau, and her Ravelry name is all about Ami, and that's A-M-I, short for Amigurumi. The interesting thing about her four pages of patterns on Ravelry Hmm. is that every pattern is free. So she does the majority of her patterns as crochet. She does a lot of adorable Amigurumi little animals that just are just precious. They're so pretty. Some of them are like ornaments. Some of them are toys, just all sorts. She also has hats mitts, scarves, cowls, blankets, rugs, bags. Isn't that adorable? Charlene is ooing and aahing <laughs> over the little the little sheep am- amigurumi. And she has a bunny that is adorable. I and saw the bunny yeah, too. But Alex the Chinese New bunnies. Year sheep slash lamb. Super cute. Super cute. The bunny struck me because Alex did Olivia's nursery in bunnies. Oh, so okay. she loves bunnies. But the reason... She caught my attention is because she recently had some sweaters in the hot right now. And one of them is the Dottie cardigan, which is adorable. It is oversized, knit in bulky yarn. It has open fronts. It has pockets and it's all over textured. And she uses very, very affordable yarns. So all of our knitting on a budget topics, free patterns and affordable yarns. Most of them are lion brand yarns. 
And this particular sweater, I think, was knit in their one of their bulky yarns. It's called Lion Brand Color Made Easy, and it's a bulky white yarn. So there you go. Yeah. And that would be a very affordable sweater if you wanted to start knitting sweaters. And it looks like it's a pretty simple construction, and it's just cute. It's, it's very really on trend. Cute. It looks adorable. I really would knit cute. That. Yeah. The yarn looks nice too. The only reason I wouldn't knit it practically is because we don't have much occasion to wear a bulky sweater. Oh, super but cute, it's adorable, though. right? <laughs> and then another one she had in hot right now that I really liked is her rosewood cardigan, which is knit in DK weight, but it's a crocheted pattern. So this one is very similar to Dottie. It has an all over texture. It has pockets. It's open front, but it's crocheted and in a DK weight. So you have those two variations and the texture you get is from the crocheted stitches. Mm-hmm. So it's very really cute, cute too. Wow. Yeah. And again, they're all free and just the breadth of her body of work is really impressive. So take a scroll through. It looked like quite a few of her patterns were knit in bulky yarns. So like her cowls and things are probably very quick knits as well. So if you're looking for some last minute gift options or things, take a gander because there's some super cute stuff there. And that again, Stephanie Jessica Lau, all about Ami, spelled A-M-I. Really cute. I'm scrolling through her portfolio right now. Very, very cute. Well, and the photography is phenomenal too. Yeah. Every picture is just like Oh my gosh, I want to knit that. I want to crochet that. I want to own that. I want to wear that. I want to give that to Olivia. It looks like she's got quite a few hat patterns Mm -hmm. that are free hat patterns They're all free. So really nice. Yeah. Her description of herself, she mentions that all of her patterns are free because Mm. she wants to share what she does. So, and her hat patterns, crochet and knit. So not many of her patterns seem to be knit patterns, but there are some in there. So... Take a look. Really cute stuff. And the other pattern that I am stocking and plan to cast on soon was a result of scrolling through the Indie Gift Along threads where every year a collection of indie designers get together and offer discounts on their patterns for a few days. That pattern discount has already passed us by. But then for those who want to participate, there is a knit along for those patterns that goes probably through December. I'm not participating in the knit along portion, but I did see this hat called Elephant Park by Gabrielle Dance Knit. And it is the cutest elephant hat I've ever seen. A lot of, I've knit some elephant hats before. So color work elephants. And often they're cute, but they're, if you don't get just the right color, the elephant doesn't really stand out as well. You can't really tell it's an elephant. Well, this pattern, boom, it's an elephant. And it's, <laughs> there's a little like train of them around the hat. It's oh. adorable. Elephant Park by Gabrielle Densnit. And that will be a Christmas present or birthday present for Olivia because I have some, it's worsted weight and I have some Malabrigo worsted and stash. I believe the, pattern picture, the main picture is a burgundy hat with a light colored elephant. And that color contrast just made that elephant pop. So that one is one of the patterns I did buy in the Indie Gift Along, and I know I will knit it very soon. We would like to thank our sponsor this month, Infinite Twist. 
Get ready for a fresh year of knitting bliss with Stash Fit. If you'd like to have a functional and beautiful yarn stash that brings you joy and accurately reflects what you love to knit, the Stash Fit program from Infinite Twist is for you. Stash Fit offers step-by-step -step guidance to optimize your stash. No yarn diets, no harsh prescriptions. Just easy to follow guidance to help you make the most of what you already have and figure out what smart additions to your stash will help you get the most out of your knitting. Even better, Stash Fit is coming out in January in an e-course and audiobook version to make optimizing your stash easier than ever. Subscribe to the Infinite Twist newsletter to get all the details and an early bird discount and get any Infinite Twist knitting pattern for free when you subscribe. Visit us at infinitetwist.com. Well, that's cool that she's doing an audio version and an e-course because I did the review of that back in, I think, August last year. Mm -hmm. There's, it's in one of our episodes. And it takes some time because she recommends you go through your stash. There are lots of steps that you work through and work pages or Workbook worksheets. pages, worksheets that you go through. And I think that if you are not motivated enough to do that yourself, doing it in an online course or following it through an audiobook might be a little bit more <laughs> motivational. So that's going to be interesting. Very cool. So thank you, Kate. Yeah. Thank you, Infinite Twist. And what have you been knitting? In my hands. Still working on my Jessica Jones cowl. Everybody <laughs> has heard about that. Simple knit, slip, knit, slip, stitch, linen stitch. And knit in the round. It's a cowl. I've got it on a pair of 16-inch needles. It's a single wrap cowl. So not too much more I can say about it because it's my carry-around project. It's, it's built to be simple. Yeah, I love that it. ball of yarn is getting a lot smaller than it was. Fortunately, because the cowl is getting pretty tall. It and I'm starting tall, yeah. to think, mm, maybe not too much longer. Although this yarn is so soft, I have to remember that it doesn't stand up. So when, when you oh, put it right. on, it's going to flatten out. So though it looks tall, once you... Like, like if I just set it down, it flattens out pretty much. So I'm, I'm, I need to keep going just a little bit longer. The skein, I think, is about 400 yards, and I do want to use most of it. It's going to be a booth sample at Stitches mm -hmm. for Western Sky Knits, and it would be nice for knitters to be able to see how far that 400-yard skein can get you. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody commented to me that, oh, I could have knit a double cowl instead of a single. And I probably could have. Too late now. Too but... late now. <laughs> so that is the Jessica Jones cowl on Ravelry pattern by Smanet. Second thing I am working on is a puntilla pullover sweater which is a pattern by Hohi Locatelli, and I am knitting that in Western Sky Knit Singles yarn. And the color that I am using is a dark purple. Well, it's not purple. It's like a pinkish purple, but it goes darkish to a dark 
darker version of itself, I guess I could say. I don't know. The color is called smoked lilac. And I laugh because Gail <laughs> asked me what color I was using. And I couldn't remember the name. And I said, oh, I think it's burnt orchid. And then, of course, I looked at the label, not burnt orchid, but smoked lilac. So <laughs> very funny. Pretty funny. We we're very easily we're very easily entertained by ourselves and our colorway names <laughs> well not our colorway the, names the ones but we make up yes exactly so puntia is a design by hohi locatelli that was part of her authentic collection from several years ago let's see 2015 so four years ago Wow, it's already been four years. Since yeah, that? yeah, um, and it is a oversized pullover, not quite as oversized as boxy, but similarly styled, mm-hmm. I would say. But this one has a lace feature on the hem of the sweater and on the sleeves. The Cuffs. The cuffs. Thank you very much. I lost that word. <laughs> I've done that before. You guys couldn't see it, but she was gesturing at her cuffs. You kn- I knew exactly what you wanted to say. Yes. And it's a really sweet sweater. Several people have commented to me that they like it, but they don't think they're lace people, which is interesting to me because... I have always looked at it and thought, oh, I really like that sweater. But if I were to knit it, I would probably change the lace. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I think I'm just going to create another layer of ribbing and do that in a contrasting yarn. And I will see how that looks. It may not look good. We'll see. Oh, I think it'll be pretty. (laughs) I will try it. The lace that is on the cuffs and the hem of the sweater are supposed to look like another layer of something. So it's supposed to look like a layered piece. And with with the ribbing fabric that I'm picturing in my head, it will look just like another ribbed garment worn underneath it. So we'll see how that looks. I think I'm it'll not, be cute. Yeah, I'm the not in really sure. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I'm also thinking that I will split the hem on the layered portion oh, good so idea. that the back is just a little bit longer because this is one of those sweaters that I think the back will... I don't, I don't know if it will rise up, but a lot of times... The back of the sweater tends to look short yes. on these oversized sweaters because of the way they sit. I agree. So I'm going to make the layered portion of fabric longer in the back. On that subject, do you have oversized sweaters that when you put them on, it's difficult to get the back to lay flat because it kind of folds up underneath itself as you're putting it on? That happened to me yesterday with my Nanil chick, and I realized it happens quite a bit with these oversized sweaters. Yeah, because they're they're oversized all around. So So, yesterday I had to ask ask Max to help 
pull my sweater down in the back yeah. for me because I can't get my <laughs> hand all the way back there. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm trying them on and they're on the needles, that often happens to me too. Mm-hmm. So that is Puntia by Hohi Locatelli. What are you knitting? I'm working on my Blue Sands cardigan still. It's in my hands right now. I'm working on the second sleeve and then it will be done. So last episode, I mentioned that I had to pick up all the way around the fronts and it's an oversized longer sweater and then the back of the neck. So Mm. there were many, many stitches on the needle. Lots of stitches. Well, what I didn't realize because I hadn't read all the way through was that there was an I-cord bind off. Oh. That went through the entire, then you pick up the, the sleeves that were live for the back hem and you do an I-cord bind off around the entire oh, wow. sweater. So nice. that took quite a while yeah. to bind off the sweater, but I love the effect of it. Yeah, it looks nice. It's really pretty. So I can't wait to wear this. And when you were talking about your wall pole that you're wearing right now and how that was considered oversized in 2013, mm-hmm. this is oversized. Mm-hmm. This is big and comfortable and yeah, it reaches almost to the back of my knees in the back. <laughs> I love it. I'm so happy with it. And it's so light because it's all silk, pardon me, it's all lace weight yarn held doubled with silk mohair lace weight yarn. So it is soft and light and warm and I cannot wait to wear it. So Blue Sand Cardi by Really, and we're never going to learn how to say that name properly. Really, (laughs) hopefully someone can teach us eventually. But it will be done probably within the next few days. I've also cast on two projects since we last recorded. The first is the We Malia pattern by Yasolda Teague, and the adult version, the Malia sweater that she released many many years ago, is a sweater I've always wanted to knit for myself, but think it would be too warm for our climate. Well. My daughter and her husband and Olivia live in Spokane, Washington, where it snows. So when Olivia was born, I thought I finally get to make a Malia. So the Wee Malia is the pint size version of the Malia. And it comes in a lot of different sizes. I think it's, I want to say three months to six years, maybe, or maybe Mm -hmm. even more than that. And I'm actually knitting with Western Sky Knits. Merino 17 worsted and you're knitting your Jessica Jones and the Merino 17 fingering. Love the yarn. It is incredibly soft. And I was knitting this per pattern where there's a very pretty cabled texture that goes around the front of the sweater and around the hem and the cuffs. And I had not swatched because I thought, well, if it's a little big or a little small, it's okay because I'm going to knit the two-year size and she'll only be a year in January. Well, I got part of the way through and realized that the texture wasn't showing up very well in the yarn. Mm-hmm. And I also wasn't loving the gauge and or the fabric that I was knitting with the needles that I was using. And then I talked to Alex and she said, well, I'm already recommending people buy her 2T clothes for her birthday because mm-hmm. she's 99th percentile for height and weight. She's a big one-year-old. So I thought, hmm, okay, I should probably make the next size up. So I went back to the pattern, swatched, did some math, and swatched a different cable stitch. So now the modifications that I'm doing, I'm knitting at a different gauge. I'm using an adorable 
cable pattern from Wendy Bernard's Up, Down, and All Around book called The Kisses and Hugs Cable. His little X's and O's, which was just perfect. And I did, or am doing, a knit-as-you-go I-cord edging. With Blue Sands, I actually bound off in an I-cord. Well, this one, I wanted to have the I-cord done as you go. Mm -hmm. So basically, you just slip the last three stitches on every purl row and then knit like normal on the knit rows. And it results in a beautiful I-cord edging as you knit. So with the pattern, you start with the hood and you do a provisional cast on. So you do one small part of the top of the hood with short rows. Then you pick up the stitches from the provisional cast on and do a mirroring portion of that with short rows for the other side. So you're basically knitting the very top of the hood. Now, earlier, Charlene was saying how difficult it is to do a bottom-up raglan because you have those super tight join rows. Well, let me tell you that join on the hood was not fun because (laughs) it was basically magic looping is what I ended up doing because you have, when you pick up the provisional cast on, you have this really sharp angle at the the back side of the knitting and you, you wouldn't be able to do that with normal needles. It just wouldn't work. So I was grateful I had a long circular needle and I could magic loop that bit. And it took probably an inch or so of knitting before I was able to easily have it on a cirque. And even now I'm pushing those stitches at the end pretty hard to get it around the edges mm-hmm. of the needles. So probably not describing that very well. But it's looking beautiful. I'm really happy with the modifications that I did. It looks like a little Red Riding Hood sweater. It's oversized. The hood is giant. It's really cute. could wear it over anything. And it just has one closure at the top. So it really looks like a little Red Riding Hood cape. It's really cute. So that's the Wee Malia by Yasolda. And the third thing that I'm knitting, my second cast on, is the My Cup of Tea Mitts, which is by Isabel of the Fluffy Fibers podcast. And last episode, I couldn't remember the name of the socks. Well, she adapted this pattern from a sock pattern, which was called My Cup of Tea Socks. So silly of me that I couldn't remember what the name of the sock pattern was. But this is a free mitt pattern, fingering weight yarn. I'm using Magpie Fiber Swanky Sock in Selkie, which is a beautiful, deep, rich chocolate brown. And Alex decided she wanted fingers. So... Not, oh, yes. <laughs> not fingers like gloves. She wants the half fingers, but she wants individual holes for each of the yeah. fingers instead of just one giant hole, which is what I'm used to knitting. So I was looking for the perfect pattern that had fingers. And Charlene said, well, why don't you just knit the same pattern, but put on fingers? Like, well, that was brilliant. <laughs> so I am doing the My Cup of Tea Mitts pattern. I just cast on, so I'm only up to the end of the ribbing on one of the mitts. And I'm using something new to me. I'm using the Addy flexi flip needles. Oh, okay. So yeah, these came out just a couple years ago. So instead of using regular, (laughs) Nani is very happy that we're here today. Instead of having four or five. So typically if you're knitting a sock, for example, something within a small diameter, you would have three or four double point needles. And then you'd have your fourth or fifth that you're using to knit with. So you have a square or a triangle of knitting. And the flexi flips are double pointed, but they have a flex in the center. So they bend back and forth. 
So instead of having a rigid double pointed needle, you have one that has a little tiny cable in the middle that flexes. So instead of needing to have three or four double points in your knitting, you only have the two flexible double points and then a third that you use for the knitting. So it was a little fiddly to get started, but I have to say so far I'm enjoying it a lot. And I don't think I'm enjoying it enough that I would buy a set in every size mm -hmm. for double pointed work. But I don't know. We'll see when I'm done with this particular project, what I have to say. But cool. in the first inch and a half of ribbing, I'm really happy with them. Oh, and it's neat. fiddly to start any project with double points, whether yeah, they're flexing definitely. or not. So definitely. that's not a diss on the needles. Yeah. That's just the way it works. So that's the My Cup of Tea Knits by Isabel of Fluffy Fibers. Do you have any big finishes since the last episode? I have finished one thing. I finished my Ripple Bralette. Oh, and do you like it? I do. It's tiny. <laughs> it's really it tiny. Fit. But it Oh it, my gosh, it does look microscopic. But it totally stretches. Wow. I mean, it's it's really an interesting pattern. It really does stretch, just like it says. Wow, it really does. And it fits. And I haven't worn it longer than just trying it on so i don't know if i will need to rethink changing the cast on if i want to make more and i do feel like i want to make more i should wear it longer to make sure but i i really like it i feel like i want to make more but the cast on that i was concerned about now it feels tight when i'm putting the garment on but it is comfortable to wear. So I'm not really sure because you know how when you get fitted for a bra, the band is always snug. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, maybe I should leave it snug. Maybe it should be snug. I don't know. Because <laughs> well, it's comfortable to wear. It's just because... You have to put it on over your head as opposed to hooking, hooking a bra. Mm -hmm. It feels tight when you put it on. Well, I would think you'd want it at least a little tight around the band. Exactly. Because otherwise, when you lift your arms, it would it just comes right up. slide yeah. up. Yes, and I have thought that. So perhaps it's fine as is. And if I wore it for longer than just trying it on then I'll know for sure I'll get a better idea. Because like I said, I think I'm going to make more. Well, it's, it's really cute. Really cute. And really how much yarn comfortable. did that use? It used, I want to say about half of a skein. I just used leftovers. So what I need to do is go and weigh Wait. it mm -hmm. to see how many grams of yarn it actually used. I used fingering weight yarn but honestly, I don't think it's more than making a basic fingering weight hat. I think it's about the same as a hat. No, it's very pretty. It's a tonal gray yarn that she used that's very you. Yeah, very, it, very you. it's very me. And of course, it is it is me because it's left over from one yeah. of my sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a cool thing to do with leftovers. Hmm. There's a lot of projects on Ravelry where people have faded colors because oh. they're using leftovers. Yeah, or minis so, even. Uh, minis, yeah. So mm -hmm. they're just using one color and starting another and blending them, and they look really pretty. Aww. So really fun colors. It's 
so easy to make. So I might end up making more. <laughs> and that is the Ripple Bralette pattern. The designer is named Jessie Mae Martinson. And the Ripple Bralette pattern right now has 1,700 projects on Ravelry. Nice. So it's really quite a popular design. Yeah. yeah. So fun. What have you finished? Well, along the lines of a fingering weight project like that where you would blend yarns, I finished my Skyping beanie, which I was oh, knitting yay. last episode by Haldora J, free pattern on Ravelry. And I faded pink leftovers, but I held my fingering weight doubled to give it a warmer mm, bit mm-hmm. for because it's for Olivia. And in Spokane, the weather's rather cold. So I wanted her to have a warmer hat than just fingering weight. But I love how it turned out. It's really adorable. And that pom-pom, the 100% cashmere pom-pom I had. Oh, yes. looks really, really <laughs> cute on it. So that was excellent. It was a win. And I also finished a second hat. I test knit a hat for Elizabeth Doherty called Tiny Boats. And she just released it recently. It is. It calls for sport weight yarn, but you could easily knit it in just about any weight you wanted by doing a little bit of gauge map and just choosing a different size because she has several sizes, at least five sizes, I think, in the pattern. I'm pretty sure there are five. Hmm. And I knit mine in a new-to-me yarn. It's Woolen Rabbit Sporty, which was a gift from Melissa. Thank you very much, Melissa. And it's in a colorway called Desert Bloom, which is kind of like brick or terracotta covered. A little bit pinker than that, maybe. And for the color work portion, I used Madeline Tosh Sport in Silver Fox. So it's a light gray contrasted with this terracotta-like pinky color. And it's really pretty. The design, the stitch pattern is really interesting. You do a double yarn over, I'm pretty sure, that you drop on the next round And then you pick that up later to give the little curve of a boat. And it was really fun. The actual, you do three rounds of this and Mm -hmm. you could do it in three different colors if you wanted for the the little boat pattern. Lots of options there. And you do have to pay attention to the chart because I was trying to do it while watching TV and not paying very close attention to the chart and got through about six rounds and went, you know, this doesn't look anything like oh. boats. <laughs> as well, it's because she didn't do it right. So once I was oh. paying attention, it was really fun and easy. And I highly recommend the pattern. It's Tiny Boats by Elizabeth Doherty. It looks really cute. It the is color super cute. Portion. And I did see that on the pattern page, it says only one color is used per round. Yes, I forgot I to mention that. Like. Yeah. So there are slip stitches and there's nothing complicated to it at all. It's a very easy knit, but there are different stitches that you use mm-hmm. to get that color work effect without ever using more than one color in a row. I like it. Yeah, it's it's very fun. I highly recommend it. And that's what I finished. Well, almost by the time you hear this episode, not quite, but almost, the self-indulgent knit-along will be starting. It kicks off on the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. Last episode, I tried to make that the longest day of the year, (laughs) which is December 21st, and it goes through March 19th, which is the spring equinox. So anything you want to knit, any reason it's self-indulgent, 
makes it qualify for the self-indulgent knit-along. I already have a couple prizes that people have donated, which is fantastic. And I've already picked out what I want to knit at this particular moment. It could change at any moment (laughs) because that's the way these things work. I have until the 21st to decide. And then we have three months to cast things on and change our minds and things like that. So, And all you have to do is find something that makes you happy. Exactly. And the whole reason we started this is as an antidote to the hustle and bustle of the holiday season that a lot of people feel. There can be stress related with the holidays. Hopefully there isn't, but a lot of people do build themselves up and feel stress, feel anxiety during the holidays. And we are just hoping that in some small way, you will find your little corner of happiness in your knitting that you can go to and relieve some of that stress, relieve some of that anxiety, just focus a little something, a little attention on something that's making you happy. Well said. (laughs) Very well said. And let's see. We also wanted to kind of end the year. Mm-hmm. So we'll, besides this episode, we'll have one more where we talk with Robbie about Love Your Stash, mm-hmm. our annual end of the year episode. But this one we wanted to just do a little recap of things we've learned with or through knitting in 2019. You want to go first? Well, mine is pretty basic. At least the first thing that I want to share about my knitting is pretty basic. And that is... You really have to knit what you enjoy. Mm -hmm. And that snowballs into the self-indulgent knit along. But when I look at my knitting projects that eventually have become unfinished objects (laughs) or the projects that get abandoned and ultimately ripped or even there are a few projects that I haven't enjoyed and I finish anyway but when I look at those it's because for some reason I didn't enjoy it Uh, there was something about the pattern I didn't like perhaps I didn't like the knit 12 together I'm teasing (laughs) (laughs) or perhaps I didn't like the yarn in some way or perhaps the combination of the pattern and yarn just didn't work or what was happening in your life while you were knitting. yes exactly so you have to knit what you enjoy and pretty basic but it has taken me a long time to learn that i think because i do like to finish what i start and that in the same way books yeah all sorts of things like that i'm just learning to let go of all that yes and i think i am too i yeah. definitely And of course, there are exceptions to that. Perhaps if you're trying to learn something new or if you want to have a particular gift for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So there are exceptions. But in general, knit what you enjoy. And that was one of mine too. Knit what I love and know. Jomo is what I put (laughs) next to it. The joy of missing out. So not falling for all the new shiny things just because it's what everyone seems to be doing and not being on Instagram has helped with that so Hmm. much because I don't even know what's new in China. I just see what's hot right now on Ravelry. And that has helped a lot for me to just look at my queue and my favorites and fine tune what I know I will knit and enjoy knitting and wear and enjoy wearing. Yeah. So being off Instagram has helped. 
And then another thing that I have learned, and this is in the aftermath of the loss of my mom. So I've learned it over the course of the last year and a half. And it's something that I observed that helped me. And I just want to let everybody know, if you're in the situation where somebody you know has lost someone or something or is in a in a bad place for whatever reason, send a card. It helps. (laughs) Because I received a good stack of cards and I looked at them all, of course, but I did end up just putting them all away. In fact, I can't even, I don't even know exactly where they are right now. But I've been thinking about that stack of cards and I'm looking forward to getting it out and looking through it again. Oh, that's very and sweet. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it just will be a nice activity, a nice stroll down memory lane. And even if you think that you don't have a relationship with the card recipient, you may have had a relationship with the person who passed on and write something about that person in the card, write something about your relationship, wrote how you knew the person. And it's never wrong. I, I, I say this because I've over the past year and a half, a lot of people have been in this situation and they've said, well, I don't really feel like it's appropriate for me to reach out to so-and-so because I didn't really know them or something. And hmm, I think if you knew the person, it it's appropriate. And such a simple gesture. It's such a simple gesture. It costs 50 cents for a stamp. And, you know, you either make a card or you just yeah. use paper or you can purchase a card either way. Such, such a simple thing. But it's going to mean something. I'm glad you said that because I've always been a card sender. Yeah, Thank you, you know. have. <laughs> I've always been that way. And I just, I have a favorite maker of the cards that I love on mm-hmm. Etsy of all places. Mm-hmm. And I just ordered some more. And oh, I, nice. I tend to get the same ones over and over because I yeah. love them so much. Yeah. And I think, oh, have I already sent someone this particular <laughs> card? And you know what? It doesn't matter. If they get the same flamingo card more than once, it's okay. <laughs> so I'm really it glad is. to hear you say that. It is. Yeah. So that's just a little life lesson thing that I feel I've learned over the past year and a half. And this one, it's not related to that as much, but my charity knitting, I've, I guess I hadn't done it for a while because Mm -hmm. I did quite a few things I knit this year. I sent away for various charity things and it just makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'd forgotten that or lost touch of it somehow. I remember yeah. when we did this wrap up last year, you mentioned it yeah. and the chemo hats and things, the patterns that people have produced for that and all of the hats that I've knit recently for charity, they just make me so happy. So why aren't I knitting more of them? I have to remember that when I get into my sweater knitting and I get so focused right. on sweaters, I right. have to remember that I do get pleasure in knitting other things that aren't just for me or just for a gift for someone I know, but there's something that's going to bring someone I've never met a warm head or a warm neck or whatever it is. So that's something that I didn't necessarily learn it this year, but I really remembered it this year. So that, that and passing things on, 
like you said, sometimes you knit something that you don't love. Yeah. I did that again this year with that big bag of sweaters <laughs> that were very gratefully received. And yeah. some of the other sweaters that I didn't bring that night, I sent mm-hmm. to the charity as well, to yeah. Tecumseh. Nice. I just let that baby go. So it feels good to let it go and pass it on to yeah. other people. Definitely. It really does. Definitely. And with that, I think we are done i think so too so <laughs> next episode will be the last one of the year yes and we'll have robin i was on. trying to think of something profound to say leading up to the last episode of the year but i didn't think of it so <laughs> kind of stumbled over my words there well i, I wouldn't call us profound podcasters anyways we're pretty no better. we're not <laughs> you're right <laughs> so anyways thank you for listening thank you all so much for the abundance of comments about knitting on a budget. We're going to be talking about that with Robbie a little bit because it verged into loving your stash and patterns and pattern and purchase how habits. To stash. Yes. And we'll definitely be incorporating that into our conversations as we plan our editorial calendar for the upcoming year. Yeah, we've already started that. And it's really fun because it sparked a lot of not just conversation in the Ravelry threads, but it sparked a lot of all of us, meaning all the people who have commented, into looking more closely at not just their stash and yarn buying habits, but their pattern habits. And there were pattern buying habits. Mm-hmm. And there were some really interesting comments from other people about how they plan what they're going to knit that just kind of blew my mind. Yeah. So really great conversation. Yeah. It was obviously a topic that a lot of people think about and it's something that we all have to live with we all craft and we all have to find a way to make it work within our means and our budgets but it wasn't in my case and a lot of people i think who commented we weren't thinking about our pattern purchases as much and when you look at how many you purchased versus how how many many actually it's a little bit (laughs) mind-blowing i didn't even look at the price attached to the ones I didn't hmm. knit. I just looked at the number of patterns. I'm not even going have, the next step. I know. A couple of people have gone that step and they've posted publicly how yeah. many, how much they've spent on uh, patterns that they have not knit. And yeah. it's surprising. So that's going to inform my knitting in yes. 2020 for sure. Yeah. I think for all of us. And my self-indulgent patterns, I looked at them and every single one that I want to knit is a pattern I already own, and I have stash already for it. Excellent. So that's very self-indulgent. Excellent. (laughs) What I love because I already have it. So thank you for listening, and we hope everybody's enjoying their knitting. Happy knitting, everyone. Bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group, my Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.